0: introduction to our speaker today, Gayatri Yadav is a marketing veteran with nearly three decades of experience in brand management and marketing in companies like Procter & Gamble, General Mills, and most recently at Star TV Network, where she not only led marketing, but also served as president, consumer strategy, and innovation. In her current role at Sequoia India as a chief marketing officer, she advises the firm's diverse portfolio of startups on how they can build a phenomenal brand while driving growth. We're super excited to be doing this session today, uh, Gayatri, and I hope you're all excited to meet the ladies at Leap too.
1: Yeah, I'm really exciting, excited about this. I've heard so much about Leap and, you know, I've seen some of the tweets and I've just been really looking forward to meeting everyone at Leap. Ragini, you and the team are doing a fabulous job and this is just so required and, you know, I can already feel my energy and inspiration sort of rising just seeing all of you so thank you for turning your videos on and let's make this a really interactive session i'm super excited to meet you all absolutely
0: uh, but before we get into this uh, Gayatri, we have a small little activity uh, to engage you and for our members to get to know you a little better so here's what you have to do in a word or two share the first thought that comes to your mind when i ask you the following so are you set yeah absolutely Okay, perfect, let's get started then. Uh, The first one, blowing your own trumpet.
1: Yesterday, it's so yesterday, right? It's not today, tomorrow. It's like, certainly not something we should do.
0: A myth about your role in DC.
1: Everyone thinks it's glamorous, but it's a lot of hard work. A brand you'd give 10 on 10 today. Indian, global? Both. I think Indian, from the startup perspective, I've been very impressed with what Cred is doing. You know, Cred has really created a super differentiated brand with a personality that's really hard uh, to do. And globally, I mean, you know, Apple just is still continues to be my favorite. I think what Steve Jobs has said about marketing being values is, uh, you know, it's sort of for all time. Absolutely. Uh,
0: Last but not the least, 10-minute deliveries.
1: Sorry, 10 minute delivery.
0: 10 minute deliveries, yeah. The new rage of today's time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, I, I don't know, one can think that it's not required, but you know, I think you know, it's what consumers are asking for. So, so let's welcome it. The last one for today, one person
0: that everyone needs to follow on social media is for you.
1: I don't know if that exists really, you know, honestly. I just think the world is so much, you need to find your own tribe and what resonates with you that I don't think we live in a world where there's any more one source of truth or broadcast. If that would be the case, I would be broadcast. And again, as I started, I think that's yesterday, right? I think reality is life is getting a lot more fragmented and you you choose your own sort of bubble or echo chamber.
0: Right, thank you so much for those responses, Gayatri. Uh, We can't wait to hear more from you on uh, everything branding as well now. Members, we're officially going to begin now. Today's huddle will begin with Gayatri spending the next 25 minutes sharing her thoughts on defining your personal brand, along with a framework. We're going to talk about how to express oneself and reinventing your brand when required. This will be followed by a Q&A, so please don't hold those questions back and get get them buzzing on the chat box right away. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we have shared the most asked questions with Gayatri already, and we're gonna mix them up with some unanswered questions from the chat box as we go along today. Gayatri, I'm also gonna play bad cop in between and naju in the last 10 minutes of the presentation so that we can spend ample time on the questions as well. But handing it over to you now.
1: Great, I think Denise, you have, you know, You have control over the slides, so you can actually stop it at any point. Um, I would love this to be interactive, but I know we planned questions later. And I just want to share, I'm getting a bit of an echo. Yeah. I want to share that this is deeply personal. I know the topic is personal brand, and I want everyone to just focus for the next hour that this is all about you, right? And we often think about personal branding like it's, um, you know, it's promotion or it's cosmetic or it's a website or it's social media or it's connecting or it's projection. But I wanna say that what is most important about personal branding is actually the fact that it really entails looking within and understanding yourself. Because if you don't understand yourself as a unique embodiment of potential. No one is better at being you than you, right? And as Oscar Wilde said, be yourself, everyone else is taken. So if I had to just present one slide to your own personal brand, what I would say is it starts with looking deep within, into your heart, into your mind, into your soul, understanding yourself, that clarity will give you confidence. And that confidence is what you will then choose. What is the stage you wish to express yourself in? So it's really about understanding yourself firstly, and then expressing yourself in a platform of your choice. And none of this is prescriptive. You know, we've seen brands being built without a single tweet. Um, You know, I used to joke that my father said you should be seen in media twice, in the newspapers twice, once when you're born and once when you die, he didn't believe in, uh, you know, sort of coming in the press, but I think these are very individual choices, I think the most important thing is to be super authentic to who you are, no one has the answers, if you think I have the answers sitting here and preaching I don't. I can just tell you what are some of the insights and learnings, and only you will know what works for you. So it's all about you. And, you know, really the core is to be true to yourself. You know, as Shakespeare said, be true to yourself, thou canst not then be false to any man. That is the only thing I would beseech you, is be authentic, look deep within, know your story, find your platform, and then tell your story. And that's what personal branding is about. So moving to the next slide. Um, You know, I think before I even talk about personal branding, I need to talk about reputation because reputation is so critical. As a child, I learned that, you know, if you lose money, it's losing something. If you lose health, that's even worse. If you lose love, that's hard. But if you lose your name you lose everything and your name is what you take with you wherever you go and it's you know before we think of big things in personal branding right think about everything you do every action you make builds or depletes your brand i remember you know i started my career as meher was saying at png and you know and then i went to general mills and i launched Pillsbury. And then I joined Star as uh, head of marketing. And when I walked into the Star TV office on my first day of work, the security guard looked at me and said, hello, Gayatri madam. And I looked at him and I wasn't, you know, regrettably able to place him immediately, you know? And he said, I recall that you used to um, be in P&G as a young brand manager. And every morning you'd say good morning to me and every evening you'd say good night. And I didn't even like, I didn't, it was such a small thing. I didn't even remember it, but 20 years later, this was my first interaction in my new job. And it made such a difference to me. You know, I felt, I felt just so happy and welcomed. And I was thinking about it that everything we do, you know, leaves a trace. And there's this whole um, aspect of what they call PNR ratio, right, positive negative ratio. How many actions are you taking which are positive versus negative? And everything you do makes that difference. You know, we often leave it for the grand gestures the big stages. And I would say, even if you don't do anything else, but you're just true to yourself and you manage your reputation well, you're building a fabulous personal brand, right? And it's it's just, you know, I, I cannot emphasize that enough because we don't see that enough in the world today, that people think that, they just need to reserve this for image management. It's not about image management. It's about being a good person and just managing your reputation well. And that's the core fundamental, even before we talk about personal branding, because to talk about personal branding without talking about reputation is just incomplete and it's shallow. And moving to the next slide, um, you know, this is what Jeff Bezos said, which is your brand is what people say about you just what people say about you but what people say about you when you're not in the room you know so we think we can control our brand and we can shape it but ultimately we don't we don't own the brand the brand is what people say it's a sum total of images perceptions responses experiences so all you can control is what you put out there and then the brand is an ultimate abstract concept because it's owned. In the minds and hearts of the consumers so it's what people say about you and moving to the next what we learn is you know the north star branding and this is what i tell every founder i work with and i would say in the last year i would have worked with maybe over 50 50 founders right Um, overall and maybe over 30 and working on their brands on their company brands and i say that we think of branding and we think of cutler and trout and you know acker and all these names of brand positioning but fundamentally it's very simple you can think of brands the way you think about people and you can think about people the way you think about brands brands is all about two things inspiring love and commanding respect right and it's actually very correlated with trust if you look at a trust xy it's delivery and competence uh, intention and competence and delivery. Do I trust your intention? And do I trust you can deliver? And that's trust. Edelman did a study of all global institutions and they track trust every year. And they found that there was not a single institution in the top right-hand side of this quadrant. Business was seen to be high on delivery, low on competence. NGOs were seen, sorry, high on intention, low on um, ethics. Um, NGOs were seen to be high on ethics, low on competence and media and government were seen to be low on both. So we live in a world which is a low trust world. There's a crisis of trust. And if you think about brands deeply, it is very akin to trust. Do I love you? Which is, do I trust you? Do I trust your intention? And do I respect you? Do I trust your delivery? And you know when we talk about love marks in the brand world, um, it is a confluence of love and respect. It is very rare but that is a North star that every action we do, is this something in the long-term and reputation is a long-term game. At times you need to take a hit in the short term, but in the long-term, is it something that will inspire love and will it command respect? And that's a North star. So moving on, uh, we can skip the theory, but it's really about personal brand is what people think. Personal branding is what you do to shape what people think. It's not about fancy websites. It's about taking time to hone in on who you are, why you exist, what are your values, and how do you want to build a true brand? So moving to the next, um, this is reality, right? People will build brands like birds build nests from everything they chance upon. And what we need to think about is do we want people to build our brand for us or do we want to shape it, you know, do we want to take charge of it so uh, moving to the next slide. This is a good place to start, which is really baselining where you stand today right, and I would always say it's good to do a Google search on you know on yourself when you start Um, do a survey. And, you know, there's this joke that, uh, which is actually true. They've done a research which shows that um, it's interesting that when I look at my Google search, I often find Gayatri Yadav Sequoia, Gayatri Yadav Star, Gayatri Yadav Husband. And it's so funny. And they say, you know, that people search for women's husbands and for men's net worth. So that's just an aside, but it's good to understand a baseline of, you know, when you search for yourself, what do you see? do a survey try and understand what are people saying about you right that's super important and also talk to people both who know you well and don't know you well to understand where your brand stands you know and that's that's critical uh, for you to get an input and i find that if you go to people and really uh, talk to them and ask them to give you feedback on yourself you know, people will give you pretty candid feedback. Sorry, I'm not able to see anyone on the right-hand side. So maybe maybe the view has changed to just one person and, you know, I can't see anyone. So if you could just, or maybe I can change that. Okay, I've changed that. Great, so I think the first step is really to baseline where you stand today. And that's a combination of looking at Google, talking to a few people you know well, but also talking to people who don't know you so well. I remember in the early days as a brand manager, I, you know, one of my bosses told me that he thought I didn't have enough fire in my belly, and I was like, seriously, I'm the most passionate person I know. Like back then, I was working twenty-hour days and going like completely crazy, but because I was so calm, he sort of equated that with lack of intensity. So it was super important for me to understand how people were perceiving me, for it, you know, for me to be able to take charge of my reputation and my perception. So again, this comes back to, even before we talk about social media platforms, do you even understand how you're being perceived? Do you have adequate self-awareness as well as reflected awareness to really understand where you stand today? You know, and it's very important to have a council, a small council of people who can give you that feedback. Very often when we see issues of you know, God syndrome or power, it's because people have lost touch with reality, right? And I always say it's, you know, as you grow and all of you will grow as leaders and, you know, go and build these amazing companies and grow as experts in your field, but have people who will both keep you grounded, you know, give you roots as well as give you wings, as well as show the mirror when you're suffering from self-doubt. But it's really important to get a sense of a reflected sense of yourself and use that to build. And you'll see a theme of what I'm talking about self awareness. People talk about imposter syndrome, and I've been talking to a lot of women leaders. And I think the literature on this is all wrong because I think there's so much emphasis. You know, if I go back to most of you are like too young, so you wouldn't have seen My Fair Lady, or maybe you have. But there's that song you know by Henry Higgins which is why can't a woman be more like a man and my concern is so much of the literature around leadership today is you know that women should be more like men and the issue is why is that true you know so I was reading an Adam Grant study that they did a study of hundred thousand leaders and they found that men suffered from overconfidence and women, so men was, you know, sort of rated themselves higher and women rated themselves lower and women were rated higher by others. So men were seen to be more confident, women were was, was seen to be more competent. Now, the reality is not to tell women or just embrace this bravado, right? Maybe the reality is somewhere in between. Maybe there is a, you may, maybe there is this magic, you know, sort of confluence of confidence and competence, which is self-awareness, that you understand truly who you are. What are your strengths? What are your development areas? What could potentially be your derailers? And, you know, that is the golden mean between confidence and competence. Why does it mean that women need to project a confidence they don't feel, you know? Or it's, I, I think there is, something in between and i think the future will create a new model of leadership which is rooted in self-awareness which is rooted in a realization of how amazing we are but also what we need to do to you know grow and be more ready for situations that we find ourselves in um so moving to the next section which is once you've baselined your brand it's very important to, to define your brand and i went through. Um, in great detail some of the questions and I I must commend you for amazing questions that you all sent very very nuanced right and one of the deep questions was um, how do you stand out and one of the challenges I think is firstly we need to embrace the fact that it's not about fitting in very often as women we walk into a room and if you're the only woman in the room you think oh my god Do I even like, should I even be here? Um, Whereas maybe it's part of embracing that and saying, oh my God, I'm the only woman in the room. How do I use that? How do I use that as a strength versus worry about trying to be more like a man? And, you know, standing out is very linked to what I talked about first, which is how do you embrace who you are? Because who you are is not like anyone else. And if you embrace that and express that, that is the first step to standing out. So moving on. This is the most difficult, right? That once you understand yourself, how do you find the most authentic expression of yourself? Which is completely accepting who you are and embracing that. So when I was a literature student you know probably one of two literature students in my iim cal batch you know many years back and we were a batch of 110 uh, management students and there were 10 women so as it is we stood out because we were only 10% of the batch and then you know within that within the entire batch there were just two humanities students and i was one of them and versus trying to be you know and this can take us to the next slide as well versus trying to be like another engineer I decided I'm just gonna embrace the fact that I'm, you know, one of two literature students in this class. And maybe I can learn from the engineers, but maybe I can teach them a thing or two. Because what I know about Shakespeare or English or philosophy or reasoning or sociology or anthropology is something they haven't even dreamt about. And versus trying to, you know, beat them in calculus, maybe I learn calculus so I can pass, I can survive you know, which was reality right i i ended up in joker and i didn't even know you know i remember going to a topper and g and saying d y by dx why don't the d's cancel out because i had no idea i had never learned it it was a foreign language you know and i realized i needed to learn that otherwise it would become a derailer in my life but how do i actually embrace what i'm strong at and bring that to the courses i do and can i be a teacher on that and do crashers on that and spread that knowledge and sort of embrace what makes me different. And I would really urge each one of you, each one of us are so unique and different. I was I was watching um, Michelle Obama's documentary on becoming and here she's talking to some bunch of college kids. And there was this young woman who said, I'm so zapped, I shouldn't have been here. And Michelle said, why? And she said, you know, because I just don't have time to do any extracurricular. So all I do is study and I'm just not a leader in anything else. And Michelle said, why is that? And she said, my father's had an accident, so I'm helping him earn and I'm helping look after, you know, my three siblings. And Michelle Obama looked at her and said, and you think you shouldn't be on this table? You know, so this is embrace what makes you different. Don't question that that's why you're not on the table. Maybe that's why you are on that table. Right. And it goes to the heart of who we are, what we bring, being true to ourselves. I'm spending so I'm gonna spend more time on this and less time on the tactics because the tactics are simple. Just pick the platform you want and crush it, right? But who you are is difficult. It's hard to look within because we're so hardwired to fit in. We're so hardwired to be like everyone else. We're so hardwired to meet the mold, but maybe you need to break that mold and just be you. And, you know, we're going to see some examples of what I think are great personal brands. They've all embraced themselves. So moving on to the next few slides. uh, You know, this is Simon Sinek's framework. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. I use it all the time when we, Uh, build brands and startups, I've used it through my career in brand building, but it really begins with starting with why, knowing your unique purpose, going to, how are you going, how are you going to live your purpose, right? So in the case of Apple, it would be everything we do, we believe in thinking different, and how they do it is through user-centric design. In the case of a person, it could be, this is what, you know, let's say for me, when I did this a decade back and I need to do it again, it was, I realized that what I really wanted to do was create impact at scale. And I use that as a screen to decide the jobs I wanted. If there was a job that was about creation and impact, but if there was no scale, that wouldn't excite me. If there was a job that was about scale, but there was no impact, it was just about doing what had been done before, that wouldn't excite me. But the confluence of impact and scale is really what I think was my purpose. I think maybe I need to revisit that. Maybe I need to take that deeper, but that is what I used as a screener, as a purpose that helped me screen multiple opportunities. Your how becomes, what are your unique talents? What are your values? What makes you different and how you want to express your purpose? And the what becomes really more your roles, whether you're a founder or a a a professional or, Maybe you're a connector in society. Maybe there are multiple roles you play to express your why and how. So, you know, I've got inspired by working on this presentation for you that I realized that I need to go back to my why, how, what, and I need to do this again and dig deeper. Yeah. So uh, moving on and... This is just an example from the net that I picked up of someone who developed their own personal brand framework, and you can see how it ties in. She's tied in her skills with her purpose, which is helping people find their definition of success, and then her tangible brand elements. The point I'm saying is, don't worry too much about the prescriptions. Get the principles right and develop your own model, right, that works for you. Yep, and moving on. I'm um, just
0: going to, sorry, I'm just going to pause and just to remind you that, yeah, we've got 10 more minutes for the presentation. Okay,
1: we're going to go really fast now. And maybe, uh, Denise, we can just like keep tapping. But, you know, Oprah really built her brand on not so much on on just on the level of sharing and how willing she was to be vulnerable. I've seen that we're unwilling very often, especially in our country, to be vulnerable. I've worked in stars, you know, for a decade. I've worked in multiple stars, um, and I found that so many of them weren't, weren't comfortable being vulnerable, right? We wanna project this perfect image, whereas maybe being vulnerable is the one thing that'll help you connect. And you can see how Oprah's owned, whether it's a child sexual abuse a struggle with weight You know, and her challenges have become her source of connection and moving to the next Sarah Blakely, you know, everyone knows about her, but her why is how do you help women feel great about themselves and live their potential and what a great model of leadership right she just owns it and lives it and, you know, I think this is a really interesting um, you know, I wouldn't say it's woman-centric, but it's certainly creating a new model of leadership, yeah, moving on, uh, Elon Musk, I'm going to spend time with him on him, because every time you talk about personal branding, it's about him, but when I studied his why, it's actually, you know, Elon expresses himself in every company, right, it's about how do you bring the, you know, how do you bring tomorrow today, and how do you make sure tomorrow is better than today, now whether it's Tesla or SpaceX or OpenAI, it's all about making the future better. Yeah, moving to the next, uh, Naval, very interesting concept of leverage, right? He talks about competing in a market of one, and what is this idea of leverage? That let, let, you know, he talks about investing, and he says, can your money work for you when you're sleeping? Media is leverage. If you have a platform, your platform is working for you even when you're sleeping. So how do you both deliver specific competence and get leverage, yeah? Moving on, um, Mari Kondo, how do you take cleaning up and make that a brand? It's amazing what she's done. I just think it's massive. It's just amazing personal branding. Yep, and uh, Rishma Sojani, I like the way she has what I call syncretic identities, right? She's a lawyer, she's a politician, but she's founded Girls Who Code. So she's got all these multiple identities that have built on each other, and she's become a real voice um, moving to the next. Adam Grant here, yeah, he's gone beyond being a professor to helping people succeed. And um, I think the last example is Anand Mahindra. I wanna talk about Anand Mahindra because it's interesting, right? He's a man who you know, runs a several billion dollar company and it's not even a startup, it's a corporate, but he's himself. You know, he comments on everything, maybe 30, 40% of what he does, he talks about his business, but he has a point of view. Some of you asked how much should be your company? How much should be you? You know, there is no golden ratio, but you know, it's your platform. So use it to express you. And there should be a distinction between, you know, your company and you. And clearly one sees a distinction between Mahindra and Alan Mahindra, even though they're eponymous brands, he is his own person. And people like that. He's one of the top LinkedIn influencers, has like multi-million following on Twitter. So it's a great example of being yourself and still being the head of a company. Yep, and we're gonna skip this, there's no time, but uh, basically how do you, you know, specific value, right? Great example of someone who was a freelance copywriter, started teaching other people, how do you crack it? And is now running just like a million dollar business, just teaching people to freelance. Um, specific value. Vidit and Ashwani often step out of just being a founder of their own company to say, what value can we add to other founders? Can we add, in Ashwani's case, value to women in the ecosystem? Great examples of adding value in personal branding, Uh, moving to the next. Um, You know, it doesn't have to always be serious. Gabbar, who's a friend of mine, you know, he was a brand manager in a multinational he just is super funny. You know, he created a pseudonymous avatar. You know, for those of you not comfortable putting your face and name out there, he just created a pseudonymous identity, really funny take on everything. And now he's running his own business. You know, because people are like, if you can figure this out for others, you can figure this, this out for us. How do you express it? Once you've understood your unique value, your why and your how, what is it you need to do, right? And what's your story? So um, moving on to this, um, it's about knowing your audience. We, let's skip this. We can go to the next slide. I think let's spend some time on this slide, because this is the tactics, right? Firstly, think about what you want to express. What is your purpose? How do you want to deliver it? And that's really understanding your strategy. Who is your target audience? Don't worry too much about this, you know. If you put yourself out there, your tribe will find you. Don't try and crack multiple platforms at a time. Take one platform and say this is going to be my core platform. You could repurpose, you know, through other platforms, but be yourself. Experiment a bit, you know. Your tribe will find you. I realized, like through the pandemic, I was on Facebook, you know giving a lot of posts in terms of how I was coping with the pandemic. And for a f- few weeks I stopped and I got several messages from, let's say young, young women saying that your posts are the only thing that kept us going. And I realized that through the posts I was doing, maybe I was reaching out to a certain demographic or a certain tribe that was where I was actually adding value to their lives. So if you're authentic to yourself, your tribe will find you. Don't try and crush multiple platforms at a time. Be yourself. How much time can you commit each week? Um, You see Anand Mahendra, right? Like he's tweeting all the time. If something catches his mind, he tweets. But there are other people who on Sunday just create a calendar of tweets and they keep it in like draft mode and then release it. So you can decide what works for you. What I would say is it's super important to be consistent and to have a cadence right be original we've talked about that we can move to the next um, i think this is important we've talked about unique insights share what you're passionate about maybe have three or four areas you talk about it doesn't have to be just one area be timely and topical so i'm on linkedin and i would say i have a mo- moderate following of about 25000 but typically my post may get maybe a couple of hundred but On APJ Kalam's birth anniversary, I posted on him and I was surprised, it just like went viral. It got 3 million views, you know? If I hadn't posted on that day, it may have passed like a ship in the night, but not just saying that this is his birth anniversary, but drawing on a larger learning and saying, what is it that we can learn from this? Which is that, what value are you contributing and being timely? can really help things take off. And remember when you're building your platform, it will feel like it's baby steps. It'll feel like, oh my God, no one, there's no traction, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry, just persist. Be consistent, learn, experiment. Over time, you'll hit this takeoff point, right? Where you'll suddenly realize that the followers you're getting in a year, you're getting in a month. So it'll hit that inflection point. Be consistent, worry more about engagement than reach in the beginning. Are you getting engagement? Is, is even one person liking it? Are they? Are you liking putting it out there? Firstly, you know, first sort of make sure that you're happy with it. Do not be a phony. That will never work. That is what I would say you should never do. You know, offer credibility if, you know, if you're good at something, right? Offer that specific value, tips, etc. All of that will help. And a call to action, which is linked to the value you offer. Okay, and moving on. Um, I think everyone knows this, images work, keep the characters low, um, but fundamentally images and videos really work. Um, Moving on. Yeah, I think we can skip this. You know, and and this is a really interesting example. Look at Kunal Shah. I think, you know, he does a great job of personal branding, but he's super different in every platform, right? So Twitter is where he expresses sort of He's founder, but he's also observer of life. Very curious, runs a lot of polls, et cetera. LinkedIn is a little bit more the founder avatar. And Instagram, he just has fun, you know? And so it's about realizing what each platform is good for and playing to that. Yes, repurpose content, but don't repurpose blindly you know, something on Twitter can be a lot more snappy, something on LinkedIn, you can go a little longer, you put the same thing on Insta, it's going to just get a yawn, right? Um, You know, if you my Insta, actually, my Insta and Facebook are sort of gated, because they tend to be more personal. But there, I do a lot more selfies and stuff like that. But I wouldn't, I mean, I, I, and, and it's possibly true that I may evolve to that. But right now, I'd be very like, uh, wary before putting a selfie on Twitter, right? That that would be like a rare thing. That wouldn't be something or LinkedIn. That wouldn't be something I do regularly. But I'm sort of more, you know, carefree about that part when it comes to Facebook and um, Insta. So really decide what works for you. I remember when I was in Star, actually, I was super UG underground in Twitter because our brands were so big that I didn't want everyone, you know, connecting with me for every cricket match or every show or every entertainment concert. Um, But when I've joined Sequoia, I realized it's okay to be more open. So at different times in your life, you may decide that you wanna open up one platform, you know, and be more present in one platform than the other. And that's absolutely fine. It'll evolve and moving on. um, Yeah, I think we can skip some of this. I'm gonna go rapid fire through this, make it personal. We've talked about that, be the underdog, Um, be provocative. But again, you know, if you're provocative, that's very nuanced. So you need to be sure it doesn't blow up in your face. I would say more than that stand for something, be visual um, and leave them wanting more. Don't just like, you know, don't just kill people with too much content. Uh, you gotta have some level of mystery, right? That remains a very important marketing strategy. Uh, so not just like not just like feed attack because that, that doesn't work. I think we've talked about this so we can skip this. Uh, we talked about it's important just to experiment, you'll know what's working and not working. I mean, again, through the pandemic, I just started posting, you know, sunset pictures from my from my house. And, you know, they always go viral. And I'm like, I would have never thought that it's just I liked it, I shared it. But I realized that a lot of people maybe, you know, just enjoy it. So it's interesting, you learn what people are Oh, that's sweet. You learn what people are resonating with and not resonating with. And even if they're not, you know, be true to yourself, have some fun. You know, this is not about, you know, don't put performance pressure on yourself on this, you know, evolve and evolve your brand, evolve yourself, evolve your storytelling. Yep. And, um, you know, I think this is important. Let your voice shine, be a connector. Um, even if you don't want to be on social media, how do you just make a difference in your community? That's also building your brand, right? So that's important. Uh, Maybe we can, you know, on reinvention, I think we can spend just a few minutes, a few examples. The first is, yeah, like we can skip this. The first is Priyanka Chopra. I mean, hats off, man. The way she's reinvented herself from Bollywood to Hollywood and not Hollywood coming as like the brown girl in the ring, but really coming in as, mainstream roles. I've been so impressed. She said, someone asked her, do you want to be like the bond girl? And she was like, why do you want to be the bond girl? I want to be bond, right? So the point is, you know, really winning in different worlds is reinvention. You know, if you take a break to be a mom, that's winning in the mom world, man, share your story. You come back to, you know, I've taken two sabbaticals in my life. And each time I've taken a sabbatical, I've looked at reinventing myself. You know, I went from FMCG to media, from media to venture capital. You know, use those as springboards. Don't see it as, oh, I'm forced to take a break. Use a break as a way to reinvent yourself. That would be my advice. I mean, look at Falguni, so much respect. You know, She said, I'm going to quit my job at 50. She quit her job at 50. Go to Falguni's Twitter handle. She has one tweet. This is it. The day she launched Nika, beauty gets a new name, Nika. Goes live tomorrow. This tweet has aged really well, you know. So you don't you don't have to. I mean, she's not all over social media, but is she a brand? Heck yeah! Sometimes your work can speak for yourself and be a massive brand. So there is no one answer. That's all I'm saying. Everyone needs to find their own answer to do this. This is this is a real rockstar move. Um, and we talked about reinvention. Use a sabbatical as a way to reinvent. And you know, own who you are, own your story. Next slide. Um, your story has the power to break down barriers and change the world. Could be your world, could be a community's world, could be a family's world. But if you begin with embracing country who country you
0: country are, country.
1: yeah. Sorry, I'm so sorry. No worries. If you if you um, embrace who you are and you tell your story you'll be surprised with what can follow. Okay, over to you. I can see lots of messages on the yes. chat that I've not awesome been able to- question. Awesome. It's been,
0: buzzing. it's been buzzing through the entire presentation. And thank you so much, Gayatri, for a very, very insightful uh, deck for all of us to kind of take points uh, back with us as well. We're gonna start with the question answers. I think Ramya has a very interesting question for a lot of introverts out there and building their brand. Uh, Ramya, do you wanna unmute yourself and ask?
2: Ah, uh, will uh, hi, Gayatri. Uh, thanks for this wonderful presentation. Uh, this gave me like a different perspective on how you uh, see things like opportunity and everything. Uh, yeah, really thankful uh, for being part of this presentation today. Uh, yeah, my question is about uh, like, how do you uh, like, how, how could like an introvert uh, be on a social media platform and uh, have a personal brand built uh, using social media? Because like, I see this happening on Twitter, uh, like some, uh, I, I'm in product management and see like many others like people like who are angered to me uh, voicing out opinions like very boldly sometimes i feel like what they say is not right but i don't want to get into that negativity uh, like refuting the opinion Uh, but uh, i also think like on twitter uh, the influence is based on the number of followers you have so uh, that is sort of like a chicken and egg situation uh, like for introverts like me and I really don't understand like how uh, I should go about building it uh, only through like social media platform like have you seen like situations like yeah absolutely what a great question Ramya Um,
1: again it's it comes back to what are you comfortable with so someone asked me and very well known but I would not like to name him because I haven't discussed this with him, but he said, "You know, I don't enjoy Twitter. I don't enjoy these social media platforms." Um, but I, you know, he has a deep point of view, and I said, "Pick the platform that you like, right?" And so, he decided to do his own newsletter, and that newsletter has now become huge. You know, and this is this is a year or so back, but the point is you need to pick what works for you. I was listening to, in fact, there's a very interesting podcast as well as course for personal branding for introverts. I think um, I'll, I'll, I'll send the link later, but I think her name is Sarah Betevia or something. She's an Indian American um, lady. And you know she was talking to a teacher who was an introvert and she was asking him the same question. And he said, again, you pick the platform that works for you. He started just experimenting with reels first at home. He got, you know, he's a really interesting teacher called Lucas O'Keefe, and he has 100,000 followers on Instagram, and that's a platform he's chosen. And first he started actually talk, you know, just sharing tips on his beard. (laughs) And he has a great beard, right? But a lot of people started getting interested by what Lucas was saying about his beard. And they wanted to learn how do you have this amazing manicured beard. And then he started using the platform for other stuff. And he said he just started experimenting and learning about how to use reels and then, you know, put that on. But I would say there are many platforms. Maybe you start with long form, like start with a medium blog post, start with a newsletter, start with stuff you're comfortable with versus necessarily choosing a platform that you're uncomfortable with, you know, but most, I mean, there are many huge personal brands out there who are introverts and, you know, just choose exactly what you're comfortable with. I don't know if that's helpful, but there are ways to, to do it. Maybe you're less frequent, but when you, when you post it, there's more impact and you don't have to have a point of view or share a point of view. I'm actually quite, um, you know, conservative in expressing my point of view on public platforms. I'm far more expressive on private platforms because that's just a choice I've taken. And that's, again, a very personal choice. Uh, hope I hope that answers your question. Ramya, does that, uh, and I, I'll definitely look up that um, course for personal branding for introverts and share it.
3: But sure, the person who runs
1: a course is actually an introvert herself. Oh, okay. So. Will be very interesting.
2: Does that help you, Ramya? Yeah, I, that's like give me perspective. I just uh, people are posting also resources. here. I'm just starting like looking up things there. Yeah, Thank yeah you
1: and just us. pick what you're comfortable with. First, start with what you're comfortable with. Okay. And then step out of your comfort zone. At some point, you will need to step. I mean, introverts, extroverts, both will need to step out of their comfort zone. But first, start with what you're comfortable with. Okay.
2: Hi, guy Uh, Can I ask my
0: question?
1: Sure. Sure, go ahead.
0: I just love your presentation and Surbi here. Uh, I'm a marketing professional too, just with 3.5 years of work experience. And I do follow you on LinkedIn. Yeah, same here. Uh, So yeah, being uh, consistent. You talked about being consistent. Absolutely, it's a key. But sometimes uh, I have to remind myself that I have to break the barriers Uh, of how would others see me, you know? maybe they will judge me. So sometimes it
1: steps me down. So would you like to suggest some pointers? Yeah, it comes down to do you want to fit in or stand out? And as long as you're not breaking the barriers just for the sake of breaking the barriers or to be different, but you're doing it because you believe in it, you should do it. You know, do it if it feels right to you. Um, I, you know, have some guardrails. Like I tell people, I used to tell people in star in my social media team, who used to post a lot personally, that of course, you need to be yourself, but have some guardrails, right? You want to be careful that you don't want to be too political or, you know, have, because that could reflect in some ways. So, but of course, if you know, we are multifaceted people, we're not we're not unidimensional. You know, I I, I like spirituality, but I like going out and partying as well. I like uh, connecting with people, but I like time alone. I like You know, I mean, there's so many different parts of a person that if your social media were only to reflect one part of you, that would be superhuman, unidimensional. So definitely be yourself, step out of your, of maybe a defined piece. When I say be consistent, it's with who you are because, you know, you have to be true to yourself and not just do something because everyone is doing it. Everyone's doing an ice bucket challenge. You don't have to do it unless you want to do it. Like, don't just jump on every trend. Because what does that get you? But do things, if you do stuff that you believe in, over time, your tribe will find you and you will grow and you will connect. There's authenticity in that.
0: Sure. Thank you so much. I'm going to jump in with a question that we received a lot from our members. And this is uh, specifically, you know, for members who are corporate professionals. Uh, when you talk about building your own brand how do you take it away from actively promoting the, the company that you're working with as well you know kind of differentiating uh, between a company brand while also not coming on too strong with your own brand at the same time
1: a great question that's a great question and you know the point is even anand mahindra is not only tweeting about anand mahindra uh, about mahindra products right then you're just what's the difference between your handle and the company's handle you are a person. Be yourself. Part of who you are is your brand manager in a company. So let's see. When I was in Star, as I said, I would rarely actually be very active on Twitter because I started getting tagged by, you know, people if a show was. I'm still. I still get tagged. There's some show we pulled out. And women still tag me, saying, "Please get that show back." So I decided to go quite UG on underground and some of our content, but content that really resonated with me, are nice search campaigns because there were campaigns that we did to drive women empowerment. I would really go all out and tweet about that. So there's stuff the company does that resonates with me deeper, I share. I'm not just a everything the company tweets, I retweet, right? I don't have to do that. I pick and choose what resonates. even today, Maybe thirty percent or forty percent of my tweet, my maybe forty to fifty percent could be stuff linked to Sequoia and startups. But I'm not only, you know, a CMO at Sequoia. I'm a person. I'm a person who lives in a city. I have a relationship with the city. I have a relationship with friends. I have my own passions. I have my own interests. I have my own beliefs. I can express them. It's my handle. As long as what I'm expressing is not contradicting. You know the company position is not i would often say that if you're a corporate professional at times you have to be careful about expressing a very strong political allegiance because that may or may not work or that has that certainly has ramifications of being very open on your political allegiance some people do but there's there's so much else to you that it's your handle that you should share so by all means, be you, be yourself, and, and share what interests you, because that's what you're gonna be passionate about. So have, I mean, you could still have, you know, different people have 20%, 30%, 40, 50, but if you're 100% just like retweeting the company stuff, then I might as well go to your company handle. Why why do you exist? Everyone's oh laughing gosh. at that, but that's that's <laughs> true, <laughs> like, you know then you're just a mouthpiece you're not not a personal brand then you're just a mouthpiece you could even retweet stuff and have your point of view on what the company but if it's just like all you're doing is just sharing with the company then you're just you know you're not expressing yourself which is okay that could be a choice I'm not saying people have to do otherwise but it doesn't have to be the choice is what I'm saying any company as long as you're not you know, going against the core values of the company is not going to stop you from being who you are. And if they do, then is that a company you really want to be in? Life's too short yeah? here. A pandemic has taught us that it's too short. You know, it's, we're all human, we're all learning and, um, you know, learn, but you you have no requirement to, you know, I, I always tell people that maybe the most interesting version of Gayatri is not on social media. It's maybe on WhatsApp with few people who know me. You know, but that's okay. But I I would be, I, I would definitely not want to have any version of gayatri out there in public platforms. That's counter to what I believe. That I would oh, be, that I wouldn't okay. do. That, I mean, Thanks, yeah, gayatri yeah, I would try. I don't know no, if that's helped, but that's a very nuanced, you know, about we cannot necessarily be ourselves in every platform and neither do we need to. There's no requirement to, there's no, there's nothing that tells you, I think, you know, even the earlier question by Ramya, right? Someone is expressing a point of view. You don't have to express a point of view. You don't have to contradict. You don't, you don't have to participate in a discussion just to be in the noise, but you do have to be yourself and you do have to choose how you will express yourself. And, you know, that is super important. Whether, you're in public or whether you're a manager or a leader you know i think you're always on stage you know people are always reading decoding um you know from what you do i think the best thing is if you genuinely believe there's a miscue and when i say a miscue which is what's get gotten communicated is not what you stand for right either what's got communicated is what you stand for and you want to stand by it that could be one option Or another option is what's got communicated is inadvertently not what you meant. Then the best thing is to just take ownership of it and either apologize, remove, you know, deal with it. But the larger point you raised Navjot is whether you decide to be on social media or not, whether you decide to like speak in a webinar like here or even just be a manager or leader, you are on a stage. Everything you say and don't say, you're, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's a corollary to being a leader. You will be judged by that. And there are times that, you know, maybe there's a misstep and I would always say the best way to deal with it is just to say, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't mean that. Um, either say that one-on-one or say that in a group or just remove it because they don't hold stand by it. Or then if you're taking a stance and taking a stance is a very courageous thing to do, at times it's required to do that, then stand by it no matter what the what the uh, outcome. But it's super nuanced. And <clears throat> that's why I always say that there is no formula. And that's why so many people choose to not be on social media because they're not like, I, if I comment on everything and I don't comment on stuff that matters, then is that the right thing to do either? So you know, you'll know, learn. And I think what you've been through, Navjot, will be is fabulous learning. It doesn't mean you need to go back into a cave. But it does mean that you need to be super nuanced um and you know you learn um and as long as you have the right intent you know your brand your reputation will will grow and will survive and will you know it's what i call it you can put it down to character building you'll you learn a lot from these uh scenarios but you asked me about my um experience not so much in the public platform but i realized even in, smaller groups right I realized that there were times when let's say if there was some behavior that I would see that wasn't great in terms of you know either acknowledging a woman with respect or just being like dismissive or saying oh you know you girls always cry or some like casual statement like that which can be quite toxic that my earlier strategy was that I would always deal with it. I would always deal with it, but I would always deal with it one-on-one with the person. You know, because I would positive intent, I wouldn't want to embarrass a person in a group, and I would take them apart later, not take them apart, sorry, <laughs> take them aside later, and, you know, sort of say, why, you know, this wasn't caution, why did you do that, and sensitize them to that. And I realized that I was doing that, and I thought I was okay, but there were a lot of young women observing my actions who felt that I was condoning behavior that was, that could be seen as, you know, maybe not being super cautious in terms of, um, or maybe being a little gendered. And once I picked up that cue, I realized that it was important that I address those issues right then and then when it happened. Maybe it's just like, I don't think this is appropriate, we can take it offline, but it's important to do that because the way my inaction was being seen was something that I thought could be a challenge, you know, especially for younger women saying, oh, if she can't speak up for us, then who can? Or if she can't speak up for herself, then who can? So I have learned over time that what you don't say is as important as what you say in certain scenarios. And again, don't see personal branding and reputation only as social media. I'm quite happy if you decide never to be on social media. I mean, I'm not the one who will always say, you need to have ex-followers or why it's, I mean, look at Falguni, right? I mean, it's, you do what you wanna do, but regardless, you are being judged and watched and you are a personal brand, whether you're on social media or not. And the more you grow as a leader, the more you will be a personal brand. And therefore your actions will be judged regardless of platform. And what you say and sometimes what you don't say will also be judged. So yes, of course I've been there. and I'm sure I'll continue to be there. And I keep, I keep just looking for feedback and asking people, you know, to learn because we all um, live and learn. Have I mean, God bless people who can tell you the truth because that's the only, and God bless your own ability to see and tell yourself the truth and not get, you know, high on your own Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. which is why I'm super careful about this whole let just embrace you know let's just be like high bravado project fake it till you make it etc I mean yeah just be self-aware you know it's a long it's a long game life's a long game don't you know it'll take take your time figure out who you are figure out how you want to do it there are no hard and fast rules that this is something you have to do
0: I think we're going to take in the last two questions now. I know we've overshot with time already, uh, but Methli has a question with regard to independent professionals and the fear of, you know, branding coming off sometimes as PR or publicity. So as an independent professional, how do we strike that
1: balance there? I think sometimes as an independent professional, it's even more important um, because, you know, when you're a part of a corporate or even when you're a founder, when you're a corporate, you could say there's a corporate brand and all I'm, you know, there's you, your personal brand and the corporate brand. When you're a founder, there's at the initial stages, your personal brand is that magnet for investing and talent. And then as your own brand grows, you can keep that distance. But as an independent professional, it's you. You know, you are the brand and your brand, yourself and your work sort of fuses a lot tighter. So even the, re- the requirement I would say for a personal brand becomes even stronger when you are, it's basically you are marketing yourself and your expertise and your services. And again, there I would say you don't only have to be about your work. You can still be a multidimensional person, but the role of personal brand is even more important as an independent professional because you know it's truly all about you. You know, it's interesting. I've worked with so many stars, and um, people often say that stars are so full of themselves. And I always used to tell my team, you know, that they are the brand. Like here, we're slaving over Brand Star or Brand Pillsbury or Brand Sequoia. But here, you know, for Amir Khan, Amir Khan is a brand. You know, Amitabh is a brand. So they have to be. If they're not conscious of their brand and themselves and what they'll do and not do, then who will be? I was so impressed with Amir when we did uh, Satyamev Jayate. This was a show we worked on for about two years before we launched it. And about a year and a half before we launched it, he said, Gayatri, I'm not going to do any endorsements. And I said, really, I mean, uh, that means you're going to walk away from like 10s and 20, you know, I don't know how many 10s of crores, Um, why, he said, because when I do Satya Jayate, it's going to be a role of a social activist and I cannot be seen as peddling product when I'm advocating social change. Now, we as a broadcast team had never told him he needed to do that, but he made that decision because he felt that was the right decision for himself and for the role he was going to do and he wanted to be true to that, so it is. Um, you know, it becomes even more important, I would say, as an independent uh, professional where you are the brand and your expertise is a product.
0: Thank you, uh, Gayatri, for a very uh, insightful example as well. I think really interesting to kind of hear that. We're going to take in the last question from Neerja. Um, I know you had uh, one question to ask, so please
3: go ahead i was just texting it the same thing i lost my train of thought it was taking too many notes and it just <laughs> outside my head but but i but i do want to comment on one thing that you said that you know you don't have to be you know the same person on different channels and different platforms and i think on linkedin and i come from deloitte i'm a product leader at deloitte and so when i'm on linkedin i'm very much about product very much about how you can become a better product manager but when i'm on twitter i i sometimes just that I work really hard and I have a corner office, but only one of that statement is true. And it's so funny because I did that during COVID and one of my, you know, studios reached out to me and said, you know, the first thing we're going to do when we open up, is give you a corner office that you don't treat <laughs> like this. <laughs> so it's funny, but, but, I, but I do agree with you. Each platform has its own perks and each platform has its own flavor. So you need to kind of figure out what flavor you want to bring out of it. So I love that part that. You know how you shared the Kunal Shah story? I, I really resonated with that, but I forgot my question. Sorry.
1: Oh, that's cool. But that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nija.
0: Uh with this, we're gonna call it a wrap. Uh Gayatri thank you so much for spending a great amount of time with our thank members. You. It's been I'm it's so been energized. Very... I
1: you guys, I mean, you folks I shouldn't use the word guys, but you folks are just <laughs> amazing. And I just feel so much energy after talking to you. Thank you so much for this. Really. I think and thank you for the opportunity, uh, Ragini, Meher, um, Denise, thank you so much.
0: Of course, no, thank you so much uh, for being so honest uh, with us,
1: Dadri. I think everyone echoes the same thought. It was very insightful right. and we loved having you. over. Thank you. I've loved being here and we should definitely do a lot more together. 100%, we should. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Catherine. Again, uh, and send if there any questions I've, I've not been able to answer, you can just, you know, send me I mean, a mail, and I will, I will try and, you know, share an answer for anyone we'll I've not that. been able to. We'll do that for sure. Uh, thank
0: and you. maybe again, share, Gayatri. send
1: me the chat, uh, you know, thing that I can take a look at later as well, since I've missed a lot of the messages. But thank we'll you, and stay safe, and keep shining. You know, I think each one of you, you don't know it, but each one of you is a role model. Each one of you. You don't know how many people you're inspiring. So shine on and just, you know, spread that light.
0: Thank you again, Gayatri. And members, uh, you've been an amazing audience. We hope you've taken back plenty from this very empowering conversation. And we're going to see you very soon at our next uh, Leap Up Club experience. So have a great week ahead. And thank you so much for joining us.